3: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show Podcast.
2: Welcome, everybody. Monday edition of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. Got a lot to talk about. Generally what happens on Monday, right? The avalanche of news from over the weekend. We will make sense of it all for you. We will dive into the latest. We'll take some of your calls as well. Uh Lines are open, 800-282-2882. And up at ClayandBuck.com, we're going to put a poll up. With regard to the Iowa caucuses, which are seven days away. It feels like it took forever, but now it is here. Voting is imminent. It will be upon us shortly in this primary. We shall discuss all that. We've also got the Secretary of Defense disappearing to the hospital and even to the ICU. This is Lloyd Austin of the Obama regime disappearing for a few days. People are saying... What's going on there? Plus, Democrats continuing to have real problems at the border based on the polling. The American people are waking up to what a disaster the U.S.-Mexico border actually is. Nancy Pelosi, AOC, others weigh in. No surprise to what they say. And if we have time, we may even get into the latest clay on the plagiarism wars. Billionaire Bill Ackman, female 400-meter uh, distance runner. Um, this came up over the weekend, not us, but this happened somewhere else. It went viral. We will discuss, uh, whether we think we could get up out of our radio chairs and, uh, and, and win victory on that one. We'll, we'll get to that in a little, but Clay, uh, the Biden speech, I, I just wanted to start with this a little bit because I think in a sense, it's the official opening of everything we're going to be hearing from Joe Biden. Um, and the well, from the campaign really, the Biden campaign going forward, which is that January 6 was the worst thing ever. Um, and this was the guy who was supposed to unite the country. He's done everything other than that. Here he is bragging about J six protesters being sentenced to 840 years in prison. One desperate act available to him:
3: the violence of January the sixth. Since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged for their assault on the Capitol. Nearly 900 of them have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively, to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison. And what's Trump done? Instead of calling them criminals, he's called these, ex- these insurrectionists patriots. They're patriots. And he promised to pardon them if he returns to office.
2: Clay, the centerpiece of Biden's campaign is it's all over if the other guy wins.
3: I think this has landed so flat already, Buck. And I believe later today Biden is going to be in Charleston trying to rip at the scabs of American race relations by referencing, I believe it was a 2015 Dylan Roof. Uh I, I hesitate to mention the guy's name. I probably shouldn't, but this was so long ago. I feel like a lot of you are not going to even remember all the particulars. And this is all, all he's got, Buck, is Jan 6 threats to democracy and abortion. That's his entire campaign. That is all Joe Biden can run on. And I think what they're recognizing is Trump's hard to pin down on abortion uh, compared to a lot of other people out there. Trump is not some Died in the wool culture warrior who's been a pro-life battleground guy for decades. Far from it, actually. Um, and I think that registers with the American public, which isn't going to believe, oh my goodness, Trump is going to take away uh, the right of a 14-year-old to have an abortion in California or New York, which they're going to try to sell as some danger that's out there or anywhere else in the country. Um, and, and the Jan 6 stuff, I, I paid attention to how this was covered because I was genuinely curious. The New York Times put it on page 12. This is a big signature speech that Joe Biden wanted to give. And yes, I'm an old man, and I still, as, as you guys all know, read the, the, the newspaper in print form. But that's a big deal to me because it lets you know what they consider to be worthy of a story, which oftentimes is more important than what's actually a story the power to focus attention on stories it it basically passed without very much attention at all and i suspect the same thing's going to happen in charleston and this is this is i think why the biden camp is in such nervousness one week out from iowa because the numbers aren't changing buck and you mentioned i think off air the cbs poll What's hmm. going on at the border just continues to get worse. Crime continues to rise as an issue. Uh The overall impact of inflation is not fading away as the Biden team had hoped that it would. These fixed rate, huge increases in prices are not going away. Yes, mortgage rates are coming down some, but they're still at 20-year highs. I think Biden, as we start here in 2024 and sit one week from Iowa is in as difficult of a place as an incumbent president has ever been in at this point in his first term.
2: You mentioned that CBS poll; uh, it's 75% of Americans see the situation at the U.S.-Mexico border as either a crisis or a very serious situation, and this is a major uptick in that sentiment from previous polls asking uh, the same the same kind of questions. So. There's obviously a major problem there. Uh, I'm guessing that the MSNBC host who started crying talking about January 6th, I, I don't think that that's a widely <laughs> shared sentiment at this point, as as Biden gives his speech and, and commemorates this. I mean, they've really tried to turn this into, um I mean, I would say it's not a holiday. It's like a national day of shame, and they keep this all going. And the problem with that, there's a lot of problems with it, but one of them is, how do you claim to be the uniting, healing presidency when you celebrate my opponents are awful white supremacists who tried to overthrow the government, and if they win this time, they're going to, like, destroy the country? You know what I'm saying? Like, how, yeah.
3: how do you square that one? doesn't make any sense. I think even for people who are left-leaning, when you are... The difference between 2022, because I think this is important, Buck, you and I were somewhat surprised that Jan 6 had resonance in the midterms, and there were people out there who bought into, oh my goodness, democracy's at danger. I've got to go vote for a Democrat because otherwise this might be the last election.
2: This is important, but this is important though. I think Clay, it it, it resonated with a thin slice of unfortunately very important voters in several states, mostly college-educated white voters. That was who they were able to sway, and female college-educated white voters in particular.
3: So here's what's different to me, potentially, as we look towards 2024 and why this doesn't resonate the same way. Because now Biden is trying to put Trump in prison for the rest of his life, And on top of that, they're trying to remove Trump from the ballot. So it's hard to argue that you are a pro-democracy stalwart when you are trying to put your chief political opponent in prison for the rest of his life and when you are simultaneously trying to strip his name from even being able to appear on the ballot. In other words, I think that Democrats may well have overreached in their defense of democracy because a lot of people who are reasonable but not paying attention to politics would say yeah jan six is bad we shouldn't have had anybody rioting we shouldn't have had anybody storming the capitol there should be consequences for riots but there's a difference between saying that's bad and taking the next step and saying because of that no one should be able to vote for trump and he should go to prison for the rest of his life
2: well it would be like saying no one can vote democrat because Biden voters uh burned down a police station in in Minneapolis or or voting Democrat is a vote for the destruction of America well I probably should just stop the sentence there <laughs> but voting Democrat is a vote for the destruction of America because antifa lunatics were all leftists who are all you know anti-trump tried to burn down a federal courthouse in Portland or tried to blind with lasers. Federal officers sent there to defend it. That was their stated intent. They wanted to blind people. You know, you can do this all day long. I mean, the fact of the matter is, not only have they punished the January six people excessively compared to what other offenses, you know, similar offenses, especially nonviolent offenses, would get, and excessively, I think, is an understatement. I mean, viciously, it is like a DC gulag. Beyond that, Clay. I remember it very well. I mean, I don't think you had it, you know, out in your neighborhood, but I had it on my street, and you certainly were seeing it on TV. The Democrats rioted all summer and terrified people. And there was no effort by, honestly, the Trump administration then or the Biden administration afterwards to systematically go through every videotape and say, all right, you know, you threw, uh, rocks at federal officers. We're gonna, we're gonna lock you up for assault on a federal officer. You threw bottles of urine at DC Metro police. We're gonna lock it. No, they didn't do that at all. So there's also, there's the disparity of the severity against the J6 people and also the fact that nothing was done at all really to all of the BLM Democrat shock troops for Biden in 2020 and people are still rightly ticked off about that.
3: Yeah. And, and I think it goes to, You have the right to defend yourself to a certain extent in when you're attacked, right? There is a self-defense component to it. But at some point, reasonable people say, okay, that went, oftentimes, this is what juries decide, beyond what a reasonable self-defense would have been. And I think a lot of people out there say, okay, Jan 6 was a threat. Let's punish the people who violated the law. But when you... Combine the sentences that the Jan 6 defendants are getting, and by the way, how chilling was it? I don't know who the audience was for Joe Biden, but when they cheered because people are being put in prison for over 800 years for a mostly nonviolent, what was actually a nonviolent protest. Who was that audience? That's creepy. That's scary. That's actually what a form of totalitarianism would sound like, hey, we're going to put our political prisoners in prison for hundreds of years. But then when you combine that with trying to put Trump, again, this is what I would say is resonating for a lot of people. Trump, they have managed to make Trump the victim. And I think it's harder to create this illusion of December, uh, January 6th, as a threat to democracy when you have gone beyond the pale in your response, I think that's the general independent voters perspective.
2: And, and, you know, we've been saying what we think the Biden strategy is going to be here. I think it's worth noting that you have Democrat strategists who are also encouraging that. That, that is the strategy. Here's Paul Bagala, who's, you know, been in the game a long time, a longtime Clinton loyalist. Here he is saying what he thinks Biden's strategy should be. This is cut 16. President Biden needs
4: to
1: listen. He
4: needs to ramp up the attacks he did yesterday. He needs to stop running ads that say I did a great job and start running ads saying this guy is a threat. Democracy to your abortion
0: rights, to your Social Security. Everything has to be Trump. Everything. I have a seven-step plan for Biden's reelection. And I, I, you can memorize him because I did him in alphabetical order. Attack, attack,
3: attack, 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 attack.
2: Now, not the most clever way of putting it, but... That is, I think, what Biden's going to have to do. And, and just to the point about stop running ads about the great job—no one thinks he's done a great job. So this is really I'm, Democrats don't even think he's done a great job. Not really, not if you look at the polling among Democrats. So this is just going to be an all-out anti-Trump, uh you know, assault. And and I just for the people that are saying, well, Trump hasn't won the nomination yet. Notice Democrats seem to think that he has because they're yeah. they're already going all in. As though this is, uh, this is you know, effectively over. So we'll come back into this and, um, and Clay, to your point about about, uh, Charleston, uh, there, you know, Biden's going down there today. People are already yes. saying that that's that Charleston was Trump's
3: fault, which is quite a, which happened before Trump even announced, I believe, that, for his entire political. That's career. right. Yeah. So
2: we we shall discuss some of this here coming up in a second. A lot to get to today, my friends. You know, it happens to me, I'd say every couple of days now, I get some weird text message, and it says something like, your package is delayed, just click here, or, you know, the IRS needs you, just click here, by the way, you know, IRS corresponds with people via the mail. They're not going to send you a text saying, hey, give me all your sensitive info. It's a scam, folks. It's a scam, and it's so easy to fall for it. We're all busy, we got things going on. Oh, I just want my package. Boom, you click on it, and guess what? They've got you. This is why you need to take action to protect yourself online. You need to understand how cybercrime and identity theft affect us in our day-to-day lives. You can do something about it with LifeLock. Their online systems operate 24-7, monitoring transactions and new online account openings in the hundreds of millions every day. When they see something suspicious, like your name involved in a dozen purchases, suddenly within an hour, it seems kind of strange, you don't live anywhere near there, they will notify you. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated US based lifelock restoration specialist will work with you to fix it, which can save you hours and hours and hours of wasted time and anxiety. Trust me. Join now, save 25% off your first year with lifelock when you use my name, Buck, as your promo code. So you can go to one or call 1-800-Lifelock. That's 1-800-Lifelock or go to lifelock.com and use promo code Buck for 25% off. <laughs>
4: They're here to shed light on the truth every day. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton.
5: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined.
0: Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Welcome back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We have got a bunch of fun stories to get into with you, but I want to let all of you know one hour. That's the length of the poll that is up right now. If you go to at Clay Travis and you want to vote, I think we have retweeted it from Clay and Buck. And for all of you out there that are not on social media, if you want to vote in the poll, uh, the Clay and Buck poll, you can go to ClayandBuck.com. It is up there. Uh, Buck, this has been up for 20 minutes. I said, pretty simply, we are, as you start off the show, telling everybody, exactly one week from the first people being able to make their voice heard in 2024, the Iowa... And I understand the caucus is more complicated than a typical primary. The rules are convoluted. There are probably a lot of you out there listening that have participated in it, but I imagine the vast majority of you have no idea what a caucus is like. So we're just kind of treating it as a poll, and you were voting. Uh Donald Trump gets 47% of the vote right now, Buck. Uh, Ron DeSantis, 28%. Nikki Haley, 7%. And Vivek Ramaswamy, 18%. Uh, with... About 20 minutes of voting going, I'm only going to leave this poll open for an hour. Any of that surprise you? Maybe Vivek, much more liked, at least in my audience. We'll see if it's also true for the larger radio audience. Uh, but Trump, a little bit under 50%, 53% of you voting for someone other than Trump uh, going across the board. DeSantis, Haley, Vivek, with Nikki Haley the least popular in the poll right now uh of uh that i popped out on twitter
2: i think that's more of a reflection of the uh, clay travis twitter followers and the gop overall um i yes. think the is getting way too much support in that poll uh re- relative to the gop and uh, honestly people aren't gonna like this but like nikki haley is not getting enough support in that poll based on on, on your following but my, and, and my, to be
3: fair Vivek is super online, so probably on Twitter, Vivek would be more popular. Always outperforms what he does in real-life GOP. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. And that's also why, if you're out there listening to us right now and you want to weigh in, you can go to ClayandBuck.com because I know a tiny percentage of you probably are active on social media at all. Uh, on a uh, day-to-day basis but want to make sure all of you are aware that we've got a great hookup for you right now at my and we want to make sure that all of you can get hooked up with all of our friends at my and ensure that there is absolutely nothing that is missed when you break all of this down in fact my pillow's got an incredible offer right now 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 flannel sheet, six-piece towel sets, also just twenty nine ninety eight. You can take advantage of the free shipping, especially on larger items. Mattress, mattress toppers, 100% made in the good old USA, on sale for as low as twenty nine as ninety nine ninety nine. To get the offer, go to MyPillow.com, click on Radio Listener Special, enter the promo code K- Clay and Buck, do it! Today. So I'm here with Clay and, and we're
2: just having a little digression. We have a lot of fun sometimes talking in the breaks. I have a theory. I've told Carrie this. Oh, speaking of Carrie, uh, we, we have a review for you, Clay, later in the show on the Barbie movie, which I don't think you have seen, right? No, I have not yeah. seen the Barbie movie. We, I'm going to hold that one because people are going to you, You're hear.
3: just going to movie theaters left and right now. Uh, oh, it's like, on, it's on HBO. Oh, 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 no, no, no. You're, I thought you went to the theater to see Barbie.
2: Somebody would have to pay me a lot of money to get me back into movie theater these days. I'm I'm done with movie theaters
3: for the foreseeable.
2: But because people talk and they take out their phones, and when I have to tell them to get off my lawn, they get mad at me.
3: And I just so what were you complaining about movie theaters the other day? I thought I thought you had gone out to the movies. Yes, I did. That was why I'm never
2: going back. Yes, because they made me watch 30 minutes of commercials. That's what it was. It was it was brainwashing. I feel like they they were they were forcing me to just. Look at all this garbage. Anyway, so you, you pay for the privilege of sitting there in a seat while they run ads in your face for half an hour.
3: That's um, always but- been, by the way, the movies work, right? Like the previews, have. I, they may have extended them a little bit, but th- even when you went to watch Indiana Jones back in the day, there were lots of previews. Previews used to be cool because you couldn't see them anywhere else. That is and true. You, I'm used, talking, you didn't know what movies were coming out. Now everything's on YouTube and they advertise a lot right. more. But it used to be like you would sit there and you'd be like, oh, I want to go see that movie. I didn't know that movie was coming. That's a Preview, good point.
2: Previews used to be great. But, Clay, I'm talking about ads like buy Skittles, you know, like ad ads, not, oh, okay. not movie trailers. That's what they do now. So that's why I'm not the only one who's noticed this. Actually, other less grouchy people have, have – uh Railed against this practice in the movies, but I I, I digress. I was talking about to Clay about um, and this will this will tie into our brief Liz Cheney discussion here in a second. I can pretty much tell, well I can definitely tell a person's politics if you give me fifteen seconds of looking at their bookshelf and uh, assuming they have a bookshelf with books on it. Um, but even the books on their coffee table, I can generally tell what their politics are um, and perhaps even a, a lot more about them. Um, Liz Cheney is out there. First of all, you know, Donald Trump met, referred to January 6th rioters as hostages. And this is very, very upsetting. Democrats are very, very upset about this. Here is Liz Cheney on, on, um, well, not only is she upset about, uh, that, uh, this is actually going to be clip nine here. She says that Trump is unfit for office clay and, and, Ron DeSantis is now unfit for office. Play nine. Someone who says that they would pardon individuals who assaulted the Capitol, who attempted to stop a constitutional process, uh, who, uh, assaulted police officers. I mean, it was a bloody battle. I had police officers, one, tell me that it was, it was like medieval hand-to-hand combat. Uh, the notion that the Republican Party would continue its efforts to whitewash that day. Mm-hmm. When the, the peaceful transition of power is at the core of the survival of our republic, tells you that they're unfit for office. So can I just be clear? So, so quote Republican Liz Cheney, they've got a special seat for her, I think, in the MSNBC green room. She now is saying not only is Trump unfit, but Ron DeSantis is also unfit. Clay, this is called being a Democrat. And it's fascinating because so many, it, it, it's almost inevitable that people who go fully, like, they, they make their brand, they go against Trump, they overwhelmingly eventually are like, Not only is Trump horrible, you know, I really kind of like
3: this Biden guy. He's not as bad as I thought every time. You're a history guy. What about the analogy? We know that Biden and all of his team continue to say that January 6th, they actually just argued, was worse than the Civil War. Over 600,000 people died in the Civil War when the population of the United States was something like 25 million. So, I mean, we're talking about a level of death and destruction the likes of which this country has never seen. It's You have to have a historical lack of knowledge that is off the charts to even make that analogy. But you're a history guy, Buck. What about her saying Jan 6th, there was like medieval battle. There was a lot of hand-to-hand combat there. I mean, medieval battle, Jan 6th? Like were people getting chopped in half with axes and getting their heads... Chopped off our arms Let's and legs see. with swords? I mean, this is so stupid. It's, it's nuts. Um, as, I actually Were there cauldrons follows. of burning oil being thrown on people? I mean, come on. I did
2: watch the uh extended version, Lord of the Rings, a little bit over the weekend. Took a break from writing the book. And they've added multiple hours. And there's oh, actually a lot more. Yeah, if you watch the the Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, extended edition, There's a couple of hours additional, but a lot of it is just battle sequences. So I was like, I was nerding out all weekend.
3: My wife, thankfully, is just-
5: How many women do
3: you think have watched the Return of the Rings extended battle version? Eight. The the Lord Lord of the Rings extended version? (laughs) Very,
2: very, this is a, this is a, this is a bro thing. I know we probably have some ladies who like- Even for nerds,
3: that sounds nerdy. When you were describing, even nerds were like, oh, that sounds pretty nerdy. I know. The nerds were like, Buck, don't
2: say this stuff out loud. Keep this, (laughs) keep this quiet. Keep this to yourself. And
3: then a lot of other guys were like, oh, I gotta write that down. I didn't know the extended version of Lord of the Rings was out right now. It's
2: pretty awesome. Because there's a lot of medieval hand-to-hand combat. However, When Liz Cheney says something like this, it's absurd, but it also goes, I I brought up the book thing, I should know, because Clay and I were talking about how Liz Cheney wrote a book, and there were people who bought the book, and my theory on this is you buy a Liz Cheney book, not because you're going to read it, but because it's something you can put on your shelf or on the coffee table that tells everybody immediately you are hashtag resistance, you are hashtag never Trump, it tells what your politics are, so it's effectively a bumper sticker that you pay $30 for.
3: Yeah, you know that Mary, was it Mary Trump who wrote like the Trump family tell-all, uh, scandalous biography or I don't even know what the, it's not even a biography, I don't think, cause I think it focused on the whole family, uh, to some extent. It sold like a million copies and I can't imagine a million copies of a book is unheard it's of. Impossible. It's very yes. hard to do that
2: these days. Yeah.
3: So the only thing I can think is that you're right that this was a bumper sticker book that people bought to Show their politi- p- political allegiances by just putting it out there because I can't, I can't imagine their, I mean, look at the results. I mean, who, who is Liz Cheney's, uh, uh, you know, sort of base audience now? I think you're right. I think it's just people who hate Trump and I can't imagine that many people are actually reading her book because otherwise she sort of faded into obsolescence, right? You were right. We predicted this. And I still wouldn't be shocked if she ran as a third party candidate if she could get on the ballot in a few states to try to spoil Trump in the event he's the nominee, uh or DeSantis if he were the nominee. Because she basically is like all these anti Trump guys who immediately once they raise those millions of dollars from Democrats, the what's the Lincoln project and all yeah. these people, it's not just Trump. Like they're never coming the back.
2: It it always it always turns into you know, a strange newfound respect for this former Republican who hates Trump from the New York Times and MSNBC, uh, and and eventually they just become Democrats. I mean, th- this is the phenomenon that you see playing out over and over again, and you see it by the fact that to to f- they they have to feed more to the audience than just their anti-Trump hatred, so they start pulling other Republicans, in. they're like, oh, I hate Vivek too, and I hate DeSantis, and you know, they they go down the list. So that's not a surprise. We mentioned this. I did just want to play it. Um, and this is MSNBC's Jonathan Capehart talking about January 6th and emoting. This is cut six.
3: I'm going to try to get through this. Um, oh, my. Thank you for what you did three years ago today. Um, please tell me your thoughts um, on this third anniversary.
4: <clears throat> um. We are uh, still in the midst of the the same fight that began uh, on January sixth.
2: The other thing about all this, Clay, you know, we have Liz Cheney talking about the medieval hand to hand combat, and you have Jonathan Capehart crying as he talks. I don't, I mean, he wasn't there, but crying as he even talks about this thing because it's so uh, emotionally painful for him. Where were all these individuals when? There were marauding gangs destroying everything on my every storefront on my street and looting them. Um, all of them Biden voters, all in the name of the racial equality and social justice movement of BLM, which is just a Democrat mobilization entity. That's all it is. Like, wh- Where are all these people when they were punching police officers and gathering outside of the White House when Donald Trump was president and they tried to burn down an ancient and historical church? Right next to the White
3: House. Where were they? I'm just wondering. Where were these people who were so upset? Here is a prediction. You can flag this one. If Donald Trump wins in November of 2024, right, 10 months or so from now, everything that happens after that election is going to make January 6th look like a picnic. I mean, it is going to be buildings burning, oral votes for Donald Trump. This is just a prediction. Flag it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe nobody will show up at all. Maybe there won't be a single building that burns. Maybe there won't be a single riot. I would be stunned if Trump wins, there will be, I think, massive riots all over the country. And everybody who's been trying to talk about January 6th as a unique threat to America will be thrust once again, Buck, into this question. I think it'll be way harder for them. I do, because they overlook the six months of burning America that we had in 2020, because it's convenient to them and people have short memories. But after the way they have built up January 6th, I've said this before, I think if Trump had narrowly won in 2020, I think Democrats would have stormed the Capitol. I, I, Do you think they would have just sat back and said, oh, Trump's the duly elected president again? No, I think they would have been out of their minds. There was at least as much, if not more, uh, yeah. Anti-democratic sentiment in 2016 when Trump won. I think in 2024 uh, it will be just as bad, if not far worse than 2020.
2: You know, we can also make predictions, Clay, about things that are far less intense and serious, and and actually kind of fun. Predictions like who's going to win the big game on Sunday. We got a new sponsor. It's going to be a lot of fun. Whether you're really dialed into sports like Clay or uh, more of a of a newbie in the professional sports world like I am, you can share this with the sports fanatic in your life. It's called Prize Picks. It's the number one daily fantasy sports app. With the start of the football playoffs coming this weekend, there's no better time to check it out. Here's how it works. Select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection, and place your entry. You turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. You can do that. That's possible. Now, yeah. Yeah, Clay, Clay uh, you're going to have to explain to me how all this stuff really goes. So... This is going to be a little bit of sports betting Obi-Wan and Padawan because this would be my first outing with the sports betting world.
3: Yeah, look, this is a lot of fun. You're, you're basically picking individual players and placing uh, bets, wagers, on whether or not they're going to be able to achieve certain yardage totals. Sorry, it's a little bit like fantasy football for everybody else out there that has probably played fantasy football. Huge percentage of people. You try to predict what people are going to be capable of uh, achieving in individual games. Buck, you may or may not know, tonight, Michigan against Washington. Uh, I'm traveling down to Houston. Can't wait to watch that game in person. My wife's a big Michigan Wolverine. But then you got wildcard weekend coming up. Six different NFL playoff games taking place this upcoming weekend for the weekend after 10 big NFL games. If you're an NFL fan, you can go to prize picks. You've got the code for everybody. You can get hooked up right now, uh, and start to make your predictions about what's going to happen in all the big games that are coming up with the NFL slate of playoffs soon to be upon us.
2: And it's going to be great because Clay's going to be telling us about his picks. And if he's wrong, I'm going to give him a hard time about it here on the show. So he better pick the right players and the right yardage and all that stuff. By the way, Over 7 million football fans have already signed up for prize picks and they will match your first deposit up to $100 right now. Go to prizepicks.com slash buck and use that promo code buck. Prizepicks.com slash buck. Use promo code
4: buck. Download and use the new Clay & Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Find every podcast as they're released and listen. Find the Clay & Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong & Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.
0: More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
1: He
2: has the smarts.
3: Welcome back in, Clay Travis, bus Sexton show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Buck, I wanted to mention this before we finish the first hour, because I'm not sure how many people are paying attention to it. We know that the border is a mess. We know that we've got war in the Middle East and also in Europe. Crime is surging. Inflation not ever going to come back down. Cost an insane amount to go out. Things don't cost what they should. Wages have not kept up with inflation. All those things are challenges for Joe Biden. But the thing that he sold that I think maybe is the most untrue of all of his pitches in 2020 was that the adults would be back in charge, that there would be a return to basic normalcy, that there wouldn't be a lot of drama in his White House. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin went in for what was described as a not very serious procedure. I haven't seen, maybe you have, Buck, an explanation of what his medical treatment was. He ended up in intensive care, and no one bothered to tell anyone in the Biden administration. His number two wasn't aware that her superior was in intensive care. She was on vacation in Puerto Rico. There were multiple days where Joe Biden had no idea that his defense secretary was in intensive care. Now, fortunately, it doesn't appear that there was any major issue that I guess had to be rectified, even though, again, we know what's going on in Israel, we know what's going on in Ukraine. Buck, when you hear this as somebody who worked on the periphery, uh, certainly of, of, of the Defense Department, were you blown away that this could happen? That, that the guy could be in intensive care and no one knew? Well, it just goes to
2: this isn't the A team that's running the Biden upper echelon of, of government. I mean, the, the people that are involved here, uh, you brought it up. They're, they're not the adults that we were promised, so to speak. Uh, they were not the people who, and, and they aren't people who instill confidence. Um, I mean, I have it from people I know who, are very much not in the periphery, but working at high levels inside the bureaucracy of the federal government, state department, defense department, that the secretary of state, Blinken is just, a, is just a clown, just an absolute milk toast clown. This guy is, uh, you know, inept is, is a total sort of company man does whatever he's told. Um, and I- I'll tell you, I, I had never heard. Uh, particularly outstanding things about Secretary of Defense Austin before, um, they elevated him, uh, to be Secretary of Defense. And there's a lot of politics and a lot of, um, you know, sort of bureaucratic, uh, you know, bureaucratic deals being struck at agencies where you really actually just want extreme competence. You, you want extreme accountability, which is necessary for extreme competence. And you don't have that at the DoD under Biden. You don't have it at state under Biden. You don't have it at these places. Now, is there something else that was going on here? You know, they. By the way, this also the Secretary of Defense who outside wears a face mask and a face shield. Oh, I know. That's
3: what I think of immediately when I think of them.
2: You know, what is that? I mean, preposterous on every level. I mean, I'm just gonna say, doesn't make no. No one who does that looks like they have a good command of facts, data, and reality. So I am uh, unimpressed with his judgment just based on that. Um, But even beyond that, this is so easy to get right, Clay. Why would they get it wrong?
3: Is it just because they're that dumb? Is there something else going on? And it makes you wonder what else would they cover up? And what else is going on that they have no idea about? And how little do they respect the President of the United Mm. States if they didn't even bother to tell him? But don't worry, Biden's senility, they're very upfront about that.
4: Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the Front front Lines lines of of Truth.
0: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael.